Hello, hello, hello. Once again, it is the one and only Joy Has Questions coming with yet another amazing episode for you guys. So you don't even need to ask me who I am making my, you better know. It is Aretha Louise the Frank Franklin, okay? Born March 25th, 1942 and tragically passed this week. August 16, 2018. Like, when I tell you the lineup in heaven is so fucking epic right now, like, also severely depressing because who, hell, who are we left with? Like, Lauren Hill and her one album that she can't seem to get out on time. Um, Maxwell, Peebo Bryson. I don't know. Like, I just, we are losing the greats left and right people. It's not okay at all. So, I'm not even going to try to go into all the accolades And everything that she has done. I am going to leave you all though with... Everyone knows Aretha Franklin, I should say, as the Queen of Soul. That actually started happening in the 1960s when she first got that moniker. But on top of being known as the Queen of Soul and her Blues Brothers um, introduction. And the fact that she would not play any games when it came to her money. She was one of the few people that didn't get ripped off horribly because she focused on the fact that you were going to pay, if not all of what the agreed upon salary was in cash, you were going to pay a significant amount of it. And she kept it on stage with her purse. Like, if that ain't gangster, I don't know what is. It was in 1998 that she solidified herself to me. Like, I remember being a little girl, my mouth was open. So, long story short, my parents, you know, loved all genres of music. My daddy's favorite opera singer was Luciano Pavarotti. A diva in his own right, just a badass Italian opera singer. Um, And he fell ill. He was scheduled to perform at the 1998 Grammys. And what he was going to perform was Nessun Dorma or an aspect or a piece of the song, basically. So they were like scrambling backstage to try and find someone to replace him. And they wound up finding Aretha Franklin. She had 20 minutes. 20 minutes. That's enough time for that ain't even enough time to like curl your frontal but she had 20 minutes and sat there and did the greatest to me rendition of that song like I remember my parents and me watching that and like literally we were tearing up like it was incredible to see this powerful black woman who had been known for soul and R&B take a genre that is not even typically given to African-Americans or people of the African diaspora or unless it's like what Porgy and Bess or maybe you know Old Man River or Showboat or some shit and she bodied it she forever will be iconic to me I just wanted to highlight that aspect of her Um, and even if you take out all of the the political stances that she took and wanting to have social reform and social justice and wanting to stand up for Angela Davis and other members of the Black Panther Party, even when she was quoted as saying, like, I have been given this money by black people. So and I have been given a lot of it. So why not sit here and, you know, give back to people who I think deserve it within my community to uplift my community? A class act. I don't care if she did walk out under all them hot ass lights you know, a smooth 275 and them flowing ass mean coats. She deserved. So today we are celebrating Mama Aretha. I know she is in heaven kikiing with the girls and having a good time and literally just getting all of the black girl magic and love and respect that she deserves. And I know her set tonight in heaven is going to be sickening. So cannot, cannot, cannot believe she's gone, but 
what a fucking legend and just a powerful black woman to model ourselves after. I am super excited to have my guest here. I'm really getting big on just having my guests like hype themselves up, but I am going to intro her really big. Um, so when it comes to the ones and twos, she has mastered the one and the two, the three and the four. Her beats are bomb as fuck. What I really appreciate about her is that the first time I met her, not only did she have these rhythms, but she also had this knowledge. She definitely stopped the set and was like, so what we're not going to do is just marginalize other subsects of this community. And I was like, read him, sis, do it. No, I'm kidding. But that's what I was like. Oh, I have got to have her on my show. I'm like, she got her music together and she woke my type of chick. So with further ado, who am I talking to today? DJ Cash Era. Hey. That was a great intro. Thank like, you. That was amazing. <laughs> wow. I've really been trying to like think about these so like my guests feel special. I don't yeah. want to be like, you know how DJ Envy go, the same thing. Yeah. Good morning. I'm like, no. no People that was, need to that was know fresh. that, that was I hot. care. I'm about to add that to my bio. Yay. Okay, yeah, cool. I'll cold. give you these beats and this book knowledge. Basically, up. real <laughs> quick. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm super excited to have you on the show, love. That also, y'all, she came in on her birthday weekend. Okay, you let me talk about the dedication to having your brand together. When you can get niggas to come out <laughs> on that one weekend that is their own Hennessy provided weekend, and they just <laughs> like, now nah, come through. That's love. That's what I talk yeah. about when I say black unity, y'all. Hey, so I thank had to show you. Love. I I love this. This is great. I'm very excited and humbled and very thankful for this. So thank you. Yay, thank you. See, black people, I love us. So let's just get right into it with so according to IG. Um, another week, another Nicki Minaj breakdown. I have never seen someone complain this bad about being number two. Like, nice. don't get me wrong. Everyone wants the number one spot. But at this point, is it just a matter of like, sis, let's take the 10 pills to like maybe seven and a half. Let's space them out a little bit more. Because the Harriet Tubman comparisons and I'm the new Harriet and and he's number one. Travis Scott is number one because, you know, somebody posted pictures of their baby or he was uh, out here selling sweaters and stuff. The merch. Yeah. (sighs) When it comes to, because we're both like in, within the industry, we see this all the time. Do you think it's a matter of her kind of in that headspace of like how people always go like, I'm number one, but she really doesn't believe that because I feel like her actions are reflecting like a insecurity. I think it, I think it is part of an insecurity on her half, almost as if um, like she's, I feel like I almost, mm, let me take that back. I feel like she has like pressure on her. Where she feels like she has to be number one. But I think that a lot of that comes from, like, her fans and other artist fans. So, like, even how Cardi B's fans were able to, like, pit these two to get, like, against each other. I think that a lot of it just comes from her being in the industry and constantly being made the villain. To where she feels like she almost has to, like, supplement that. By, like, okay, well, I'll be the villain, but I'll be, like, the number one villain. Wait, I'm not number one villain right now. Now I'm number two villain. I can't be number two um, I don't know. I kind of feel like she's going to like her 2007 Britney Spears breakdown. Yeah. I'm waiting like, for her to on Queen like Radio to have, you know how she did the Roman Reloaded voice? Yeah. I'm waiting. Once that voice comes back, I'm like, okay, y'all, we need to put her in a 5017. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the 2007 Britney Spears breakdown is coming. Okay. So this is something because now I remember you bring up a good point. Remembering that Britney Spears meme and it, I saw one once I was like, the older I get, the more I understand yeah, why Britney real. lost her shit. Seriously. 
But what I also think about that is a lot of times when it comes to mental issues or just people like not being listened to, because mm -hmm. especially if they're a breadwinner or if they are this huge brand or they have to keep pushing and making the money and proving their return on the investment that everyone made into them, no one actually gives a fuck about the person. So when they do finally break down, everyone is looking from the outside like, they were just winning awards and right. were just so happy. And um, finally, when they had that, you know, the press tour to explain why they lost their shit, they right. always go, I was unhappy for years. Right. Just no one gave a fuck about right. it. I'm, I'm saddened that I feel like that's the route that she's taking. Mm -hmm. But I also look at it as a fact that I feel like she has a lot of yes people around her mm. and not a lot of people. I don't know. I used to be a diehard Nicki Minaj fan. I'm talking itty bitty piggy, piggy, kill the DJ. Oh, you was like real heavy fan. Got when you. she like, was out here with them fake Dooney and Berg purses oh, from man. like the corner of like 110th and 8th. Like, like I was, the swap. You was. Yes. Yeah, you okay. was ride or die. And so to see her like merge into this, it's, it is kind of just like. You are a powerful woman. Yeah. And I don't ever really see you be that united with other women. Like, right. you can say what you want about the women that you support. I ain't hear nobody on her album, Ariana Grande, but I'm like, that's, yeah, she's a woman of color, but I'm like, she's a white Hispanic woman, so yeah. your blues ain't like ours. But side note, Ariana's new album is a bop. I've been blasting that. Non -stop. Okay. So Sorry. back to Nicki Minaj. We're no, we're gonna do this for a moment. So I always felt just so weird looking at her because I'm mm. like, I do love her music, mm -hmm. but whenever she like gets into like more of the sexy after dark stuff, I'm just like, You're giving me you know like on Pornhub where it's like you go into whatever you're about to watch and then it's like this eighteen and a bit it's like, Whoa, like yeah, this is weird. just a rabbit hole. I don't wanna just oppose this. I like it. I no. think I like it, but I think that I like it only because like I need her to look like an adult. I mean, she has a baby face, but I also feel like she's been singing for so many years, mm -hmm. and I feel like her going to like that sexy side of her is just like a part of seeing her grow up in her music. I love to listen to her, but whenever I see her, I get weird. Like I will. I see what you're God saying. is a like, woman. Is like my the music shit. dangerous? Dope, woman? But if you see them in the video, it's kind of like Ugh. my cousin like has a thing for socks. Like she loves socks. I never told her this, but I actually went and bought a pair of them Rihanna Stan socks, oh. like the little with the little feather stuff. And it was walking around my little small ass apartment listening to Dangerous Woman, feeling it. So right. I like I definitely love me some Ariana Grande, but it's just like if I see her, I'm like, oh God, you look 16. I got you. <laughs> right? It's the visual. She this definitely has a baby okay. face. Right. She has a major baby face, that's for sure. But overall, I do fuck with her. But just getting back to Nikki, it's the fact of like you had those moments. Where you could have been definitely doing shit with Remy and Nikki and or not Nikki, Lil Kim. Right. And yeah, you had this song with Foxy Brown, but I'm just like, there's so many other women. And I think also that's something that's shaking her. This is not the same industry that it was in two thousand and seven. Right. You got Malibu Mitch, City Girls, Cash Doll. Yeah. Even the girls that she was trying to talk disparagingly of, who are they? The uh, loving hip hop chicks. Oh yeah. Even if you think their music is trash, they still have a following. I mean, their music definitely is trash, though. Um, yeah, but I'm. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. There's Love something for everyone. I feel it's like the only me. person that was able to go anywhere from loving hip hop was Cardi B. I, also I haven't think, seen anyone else take off. Uh, who's the other girl? Lil Kim is um. Cosign and Dream Doll. Okay. Well, I need to check out Dream Doll some more. 
I will be very and we will level set. I will be very interested to see what you feel about you her know. music because okay. it's it's not good. But oh, okay. um, well, maybe I shouldn't go. But then I'm confused because I'm like, but Kim, I don't I don't understand that. But that's what I'm saying. I really do hope the best for Nikki, but. I, this day did not have to come. Yeah. Like, you truly showing your insecurity, right. in my opinion. I want to see her bounce back, because I'm i not, like, a heavy fan of Nicki, but I do like her music, and, you know, the, she does have a lot of bops. Um, I'm going to end it on this. What she needs to do is get back with Miss Deb and Gucci. Go back yes. to your roots, girl. Yes. <laughs> Find the roots sure. under all that lace front and, yes. and wig glue. And that is where your second coming lies. If she go back to hard spitting, Nikki, I'm yeah. all the way here. She'll take for off because no one is really doing that right now on the female side of rap. They're all trying to do that. It's taxi popping. Right. I Nikki yeah. in the Bentley. Nah. Like, nah. nah. I need something deeper. Like on that new on her new album, it's called Barbie Dreams. Like that. Slight. It was slightly. It was there. close. I heard. Was I heard close. a little bit. It was getting close, and I, I like the beat. Whoever made that beat. Went crazy. Deserves. And my favorite line, ain't no fat nigga telling me what he ain't eating. Yes. I was like, well, if that is not a word yes. and a testimony yes. on this day. I heard that. I was like, ooh, damn. And Khaled. I literally went, I was like, did Khaled see that before or after? Like, he was congratulating her because I'd have definitely deleted that yeah, post. Yeah, I like, wouldn't have posted that. Take it back. But I mean, I feel like that song was playful, though. And I feel like she is, like, in that track, at least. She was trying to take it back to the 90s rap. So like you could do a rap beef and it wasn't beef really right. in person. No one it was died just like from it. right. It was just literally just the music and it was just clever, clever punches. And I feel like I mean that's, that's something that we needs. definitely don't have. But I think if she could start that off, that'd be dope. I don't know if she can take on everybody in the song. Mm-mm. That would be amazing to watch. But I do think that it was it was a cold ass song. It was the get it together, Onika. We kind of sort of hoping that yeah, you get it together. I'm, I'm hoping for you. Moving right along into white people are trying black people again. Oh, man. My favorite (laughs) topic. No. Um, I'm just going to preface this by saying when it comes to tennis, I know that the Venus or the Serena and Venus uh, Williams sisters, good Lord, get your words together, girl. The Williams sisters um, definitely revolutionized tennis. Yes. And completely ushered in. A whole new fan base yes. of tennis watchers. Hell yes. I, however, am one of the five black people who watched tennis before. I remember like when they came to the U.S. Open. I think it was like 1997 or because that was a yeah, ritual. Was a my mother, my mom loved tennis. So okay. I actually remember tennis with like Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf and Pete Sampras and Martina Hingis. Like truly watching it when it was only white people mm-hmm. and then going huh, there are black girls out here now. Right. Let's get it, you know? So I have seen the evolution of how black people now treat tennis, and I think it's a beautiful thing. So this week, I think it came out either yesterday or the day before yesterday, Serena Williams, basically, there's new rules, but her cat suit that she wore um, at the U.S. Open, <clears throat> and it's not even that bad. It literally is just like, athletic leggings the matching like dry fit top and the middle part is like a red band so it's just like a black jumpsuit or whatever workout gear okay the tennis federation president is banning her cat suit saying that basically we need to still have like levels of respect for the game so what what is she, she so she doesn't wear this she's wearing the skirt though right 
she I don't know what she's going to because no one has heard like how she's going to handle the situation. So I have been I'm like, is she posting the baby? Is she like talking to her husband? Like what's going on? I haven't seen anything in regards to like her response to it. Right. But what I have seen come about and what I agree with, it's the constant policing and discrimination in any level of industry when it comes to black women's bodies in comparison to everyone else. Like, right. I don't know about you, but in high school, I hated that damn hand test that they always used to make the girls do oh, for to skirts. See, like, where your skirts were. First yeah. off, I have short arms. That ain't never going to work with right. me, okay? And then secondly, it was just a matter of, like, you all never did that with them little skinny stick-ass little, you know, prepubescent white teenagers. But right. for us, how many days did I see girls at Walter Payne in basketball shorts? Right. Or having to wear, like, the cute outfit and gym shorts on the bottom looking right. crazy as or hell. Or being sent home. Which is like, why are you taking away their education? Because you feel the boys can handle themselves in the classroom. Exactly. How about you teach young men self-control right. and how to be respectful instead of saying how I need to completely adapt my whole essence and being and men. anatomy to these clowns. Right. So Also, every- men ain't shit. Just want to put that out there. I'm trying so hard not to be a jaded black woman, but like I, mean, I, I find myself no, no, no. Saying, I find like, myself mentally saying that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm like, shit. Now I'm gonna have all my guys texting me, being hey. like, "You didn't have to come for us like that. Talk to your fellas." I feel like the, I, but I feel like men that recognize like, yo, men overall are trash. Like they get it. I'm not saying that like you, sir, are ubiquitous. Right. right. Like, I'm talking I'm about like, the plethora, the, the entire. The species they doing well. Right, species. <laughs> all of y'all together as a collective are trash. But there may be like 10 of y'all that are okay and I can stand you. Well, I suggest that the, like the Domates and the Shines yes. and who else? The Metcalfs. I, I yes. really need y'all to start having like panel discussions yes. and forums. Talk to your friends. Yes. Because they about to have y'all all out here. All of y'all. Baking Easy Mac and not knowing yes. what the fuck to do. Because sisters are about to revolt. Like, Seriously. it's just around it's the riverbed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's about to happen. Oh, <laughs> like, Sang it and everything. No. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, so getting back to it, I am not fat shaming. Lord knows, I just found, you know, my trainer and I'm trying to get it together. But when I looked at the president of the Tennis Federation, a French, uh, Italian man with triple chins, I was just like, sir, I ain't chins. seen if you have ever been within this, you know, federation. And I'm pretty sure for a sport, you have to have done it at some point in your life. Right. I don't know when he was a champion. I ain't never heard of him. <laughs> but when I looked at him, I'm like. This fat Santa Claus looking Negro got the audacity to tell her. Like, he looks like what she looked like when she was pregnant. And she had an excuse for that because oh, she had man. a whole ass life inside of her. You just been over here eating filet mignon medallions. What the hell is going wow. on? I just, I can't. I'm tired of it, but I'll show you the picture. Yeah, There's I want to n- see a picture of this because I know that... Uh, Puma made the outfit, right? Puma right. made that one? That's her sponsor. I feel like if Puma is, I mean, I feel like if any, like, clothing company of that stature is creating the outfit, they should know the regulations and, you know, what should be accepted. What is the regulation for that? It's a full body suit. It it's lit- just skin tight. But usually she would just wear, like, a blouse with a white skirt, right? Right. I feel like that white skirt would be more revealing because then you see leg. And not only that, but it's like you don't have time. 
I have seen full cheeks out on the in tennis, and not right. even just from like her, her sister, just in general. Right. When you are literally running back and forth, hitting eighty, a hundred mile per hour serves, you about to get all this clappish because like there is money on the line. Right. Like they might have compression shorts or whatever, but. It's never really an aspect. To me, that is more modest. She looked like Elastigirl right. from The Incredibles. That's way more modest. It's a full body covering suit. I thought it was kind of like a half body suit. Remember when she was like, suit. what was the body suit that had Drake and everyone being like, God damn. Remember she had like the booty short black body suit? That's the one I thought. I was like, is she bringing uh, that back? Like, no, it's a full body suit like down to the ankles. Like almost turtleneck. At so the top. what? What do you want her to come out in? Like that a makes no bag? sense. Because I feel like if they're gonna say you can't wear that, then they should be able to wear skirts. Because the skirts are short, and when they're running around, the skirts fly up in the air because they're bouncing around and stuff. It's definitely to me discrimination again against black women. It's like Sarah Bartman all over again. Like, and mm. let me just say this: I don't have. Like, I have thighs, but I've always been deceptive because it's like I turn around, I'm like, ha, got you. I ain't got no big ass. But at the end of the day, <laughs> shut up. Psych, nigga. No, yeah. I was like, so that is my great black shame. But I will say this, like, I still am not built like some, you know, ectomorph Maria Sharapova. I eat, you know, butter coffee on the keto diet right. and weigh 119 pounds. Like, yeah. That's the bullshit that I'm just so super tired of. Right. Now, I feel like it is BS. And I also feel like Serena does not get the credit she deserves, period, just for, like, the athlete that she is. I have said this. I will say it again. I think the girl got 23 grand slams. Like, unprecedented. Right. I don't care what sports area it is. She is arguably the greatest athlete that has ever lived. Yeah. Because another thing, even when you think about the science of it, her and her sister completely revolutionized also how those girls played the game of tennis. Yeah. Because when they got tired of losing, because these 18, 19, 20-year-olds are sending 120 miles per hour serves past their heads, they all started to get those serves. Now it's kind of right. like the average. You'll see like 102 serves, like just easily, just bullets flying, flying back and forth right. on the court. But they did that. Yeah. And even when it comes down to the commentary, that still is racist rhetoric or based in stereotypical rhetoric, I should say. Whenever I would hear the McEnroe's and, you know, everyone else, the commentators, oh, what a smart play. Advantage, white girl, whatever. Whenever Serena Williams, just the sheer power, the force. The physical domination. Like, they out here just, like, beast of burden. Just, like, <laughs> like, it's just luck. That, like, they are thinking just as smartly to right. do this. And that's the one thing that always would drive me insane. Because I'm like, actually, my bitches are smarter. Which is yeah. why they're winning. Right. So, it's just things like that. I'm tired. No, it's real. Black people. We, I really want her white man. I want them to do something stupid like make the fine like a million dollars. And I want her white man because you know she got a billionaire now. And he go hard for him. I want him to be like, no, we'll give you two since you needed that fast. <laughs> I fly my bitch out to fucking Italy for spaghetti. Because she wants Italian food, right. Okay. I was like, man. If my man would have taken me to Olive Garden, I'd be like, babe, these breadsticks. <laughs> you finna get it all night. Like, you just don't even know. Like, is she over here? Just yeah, chilling in out. front of, like, the leading tower of pizza. Man. What? I can't. I'm done. Last but not least, I don't know how much you are 
in tune with Love Via J, I'll just run through the quick little facts. She got famous doing on Twitter, um, Twitter recaps of Scandal. That's how Shonda Rhimes found out about her. She released a best-selling book in the New York Times called I'm Judging You. She is one of the godmothers of Chicago blogging. Um, definitely has earned her stripes, super respected. And she she's known for commentary that is very sharp, very witty. I will just step out on a limb and say it, not necessarily my taste sometimes, because sometimes I just think it's just being mean. Mm -hmm. But we live in a very polarizing, clapback society. So I'm just like, she's known for her clapbacks. And at the end of the day, I will give her this. She do give a fuck about, you know, the, the black diaspora as a whole. She also is very known for... I don't want to say separating, but she's very clear on the fact that, like, of what African appropriation is. Right. You know, I believe, love. yeah, she's Ghanaian, I believe. But she's always very big on, like, no, this is African culture. And, you know, and I respect that. Right. Long story short, she is getting, she had a pretty tense week because she made a, um, in light of the queen Aretha Franklin passing, she made a comment on um, one of her, tweeters pod followers whatever was just like man what if we get like tevin campbell for you know the uh tribute mm-hmm. and she was just like what rock did you call him from about of <laughs> and everyone just went in right me personally you ain't never in your motherfucking life gonna come for power line that's right. just not gonna happen right because when max was trying to get roxanne to look his way mm-hmm. he sang stand out right Amongst the crowd, even if I have to shout out loud. Tonight is the only thing you'll see. I'm going to stand out till you notice me. Don't make me start <laughs> quoting the goddamn Goofy movie. Okay? <laughs> you will, with in. that curl to the left. Okay? okay? And then Michael Jackson dance moves. You will never come for Tevin Campbell. And so, yes, everyone went up and they were like shading her. But I had to take a step back and being like, you know, everyone that's like, keep the same energy. Where was all this energy when Tevin Campbell came out as gay? Right. Did that affect his vocal cords? Did the did the gay gene just like completely twist? <laughs> the gay gene. Did it yeah. twist and like turn around like how how his cadence was gonna be right. in the studio? It's it's things like that that drive me crazy. Now I know yeah. you were an open LGBTQ member. I'd never like to assuming what somebody is. Right. So I don't know if you identify as like lesbian, queer, whatever. Yeah, I'm gay. Okay, fine. Yeah. You, you're a gay black woman, or yeah. openly gay back, black woman. Yeah. How do you feel when it's just like you see things like that, where it's like, okay, thanks for the assist, but can we make this a real consistent thing? Yeah. Um, it's annoying. I mean, I'm glad that people like came to his defense, but I do think that that same energy would have been great when he did come out, but I also feel like it's like a generational change thing. So I feel like when he did come out, being gay wasn't, as accepted as it is today. I mean, even today, it's not as accepted as it should be. Like, you still have homophobic people and problematic individuals. Um, so I do feel like it is sad that there was, that the, you know, the stand wasn't there when he did come out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people should definitely, like, try to help him come back to something now. Like, if you can stand here... And defend him, defend him enough and put him on enough to where he can, you know, do a new project or write some lyrics for somebody. Like, help him 
get back in his bag since y'all were also the reason that he stopped being in his bag in the first place. Okay. So she want to defend him now because it's the right thing to do. Fully do the right thing. Correct your wrongs from the past and hold yourself accountable. And be like, all right, well, if I'm defending him now, why couldn't I stand up for him when he came out as gay? Like, where was I at then? Why was I so quiet? And then if you feel like, well, no, I'm going to defend his music, but I am rocking with him still because he's gay, then you need to check yourself. Like, why is it that you still can't fully support him just because who he lays down with at night? Does it affect you that badly? Or minding his damn business. That like, too. I, I not... haven't heard anything from this man in Honestly, so many years. He don't bother nobody. Tevin Campbell literally is like chilling. Like, he did come out and say, like, thank you all for the love and the support. He right. even, like, um, tweeted a picture of him as a teenager yeah. with Aretha Franklin. It was like, she greatly influenced. Who didn't Aretha Franklin influence, right. you know? So that was beautiful. But I just... I know that black people, we go through a lot holistically, but Mm -hmm. I also am very big and I I use my platform not only to celebrate us, but to also critique us to be better. Right. Because the fact of the matter is it's a lot of people in the LGBTQ community that are defending or standing up and supporting everyone else, you know, or putting in that work just as hard. Okay. D-Ray and his blue ass little North face hoodie or whatever. (laughs) You got Baynard Rustin, who led the march on Washington. So, Thanks. yes, King was out here giving the speech, but who had the logistics on lock? His gay best friend, okay? Thanks. Like, when it comes down to, like, just pioneers, Ma Rainey, the original Queen Latifah, because I was like, when she pinned that bomb-ass blues song from the 20s, you got to pin it on me, baby. Yes, Queen, yeah. work, okay? Openly had girlfriends. Same thing with Bessie Smith. Like, there have been people within this community who were also marginalized within a marginalized group. Right. I'm already a part of a group that don't nobody give a fuck about. And then I got to deal with everyone else talking shit about me for just trying to eat and live. Yeah. So that for me is something that I, I'm not happy that Lovey got dragged or whatever. Let's keep it real. It ain't going to do, Achanda is not about to pull the plug on, on the book deal or on the TV deal. It's not that deep. But I looked at it from the deeper aspects of like, we have got to stop this mentality of just sing, sing and dance or act and dance or do whatever it is yeah. in the public. But nah, I ain't rocking with that gay shit. Right. Young Thug was out here in a full Chung Lee, beautiful couture gown for right. Jeffrey. Okay. And we still won't talk about like the fluidity of black male sexuality. Right. I don't think it gets no more. It gets male sexuality. Period. Right. Like, and and that's the thing. I don't think it gets no more just blatant, you know? It's right. like so there's moments where it's just like it is kind of more accepted, like Ty Dallas I'm wearing black nail polish. Yeah. Cool. I don't think anyone is looking like, nah, uh uh-uh, uh, he didn't buff his nails right. I think he a little sweet. What? Like it's shit like that that I'm yeah. just I'm over it. Um but don't you ever I literally thought about this year if I was gonna be wearing the world as Carmen San Diego or Powerline. Mm. I'm dead ass. And if I could find the wig, I just need the Just the right Because honestly, right, if you right don't have sweep. the power, if you don't have the electricity like that hair, yeah. that's the whole fucking outfit. Yeah. So if I can't find someone to do that correctly, I'ma throw a hat on it. And just be wearing the world as Carmen San Diego, and then really work this into 2019 costuming. Right. But that's how much I love Tevin Campbell. I fucks with it. I support it. <sighs> Crazy. I just I literally sat there and was just like, and also sis, black culture really makes the world go round. Like I love For how sure. 
yes, African culture is a yes, Black Panther, and that's great. But let's keep it real. Let's really break it down here. Everyone wants to break out where in the U.S. Everyone wants to be an American power. Everyone is looking. Oh, are y'all the she? Oh, I'm in my feelings. Are we nay naying? Are we pop locking and right. whatever it is? It starts here. Yeah. So it's not me trying to put a line of demarcation between our black brothers and sisters. It's just a matter of like, give us the same respect that you, I know for a fact you would demand if somebody was like, "Is this Nigerian Joloff?" And you would go to fucking pieces. Right. That's all. No, that's real. I'm tired. Okay. Done with So According to IG. I like it. That was dope. Yay. That See? Was cold. I find a way. I'm up on news. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, okay, so that's what's happening. That's <laughs> why niggas are mad today. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, 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 look who decided to finally bring herself to Chicago. Summer is here, guys. Mother Nature finally decided to let all of us see sunlight, and I am here for it. So best believe I'm going to be at somebody's kickback all June, July, August, and possibly a little bit of September. You know that first month always be popping with some Cavassier VSOP, the only drink that is worth drinking for summertime to get it in. I hope you're doing the same, and let's get it back with Joy Has Questions. So now, without further ado, we are moving into my favorite part, which is so I have a question. Oh, let's do this. Yes. The part that we have all been waiting for. So as I said before, DJ Casher met her actually through my other friend, Sean. Um, He has the amazing Trap House Chicago collective that is a for-profit, but that is really about helping marginalized people within our black community celebrate themselves, be educated, an amazing organization. If you've never gone to their open houses, do it, do it, do it. You need to go. The night I met you was like, I'm like, okay, if I don't go, he for real, like, I can't make no more excuses. Like, he's literally going to be looking at me like, okay, I'm done. That's real. So, and I had a ball. Me and Jasmine was like, oh, this is cute. They gave us liquor. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, okay. Apollo Mighty was there. Yes, I love Apollo. I have him on the show next week. Yes. Wait, no, the week after next. So I'm like, see, we working through it. I love Apollo. Yeah, I saw y'all in pictures. I'm like, Look at this uh, bro sis man that's about yeah. to take place right now. Yeah. I see this. So yeah. I'm excited. But this is about you. Moving just straight into it. I'm just going to jump right into it. You are totally one of the most respected DJs. Like it's you, Franchise, like Brenton, Ryan Roberts. Like all of y'all are really solidifying y'all like space in terms of like we are this wave. And right. you need to respect it. Thank you. You also have international accreditation. So just casually just traveling the world not just not casually that came up in a very weird way to go to london it came up very weird okay we are getting into this and then on top of it like you also have a bomb ass day job so i just need to know like (laughs) where did where did this happen did you wake up from birth and be like yes mom give me everything i'm gonna do it all like where did your passion for djing or where did this stem from um i picked up djing random random as hell um so when I was in high school, I was like heavily into forensic science. And I was like, yes, I want to be like forensic scientist, like CSI crime type shit. And my mom, um, shout out to her, she was like, you know, why don't you think about radio though? Like you love music, you love talking to people. Um just you think have a dope about radio it. voice. Thank you. That's truly the battle. Thank <laughs> like you. nobody <laughs> wanna listen to Fran Drescher. Thank you. Um so Right before I graduated, and I got into tons of schools. I think I got into, like, 18 schools and universities. Um, Work. 
Yeah, I was um I was a I was an Illinois State scholar when I graduated. I was I was on my A game with the books. So, um more than just a pretty face. I also got the brains. I was about to say, um, I'll take your bitch and <laughs> take your GPA. Right. <laughs> um and I applied to Columbia, went and fell in love with it the first day. And I started thinking about it more and I'm like, Yeah, I don't like dressing up every day. I like basketball shorts, T shirts and a gym shoe. Like I can wear that in radio because you can't see me. So my freshman year, I, I uh, won some scholarship, but I had to be full-time all four years to get it renewed every year. And I was short by one class. And my college advisor was like, well, why don't you take the DJ class? It's an easy class, easy A, teacher's cool, just take it. I'm like, all right, bet. And the teacher I had, uh, his name is DJ INC. Dude was super dope. And the first day I walked in, he was like, all right, my name is INC, stands for I Need Cash, and we're going to have y'all scratching today. Here's what you're going to do. And it was like five minutes into the syllabus. And I'm like, my nigga, let's go. (laughs) Um, And it just, I really excelled better than anyone thought I would in the class. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he was like, your music library is dope. He was like, I've never seen someone your age have such a fusion of like, old music and new music because my mom was born in the set like late 70s so she was an 80s baby but she was heavily into the 90s music um so she put me on to everything that i know even to this day and he came to me at the end of the semester like hey you know you're really good i think i have a gig for you that'll pay i'm like money hell yeah let's go i need cash right let's do this let's do this (laughs) shit um, and he put me in touch with the Chicago Authors, which is a nonprofit that I've been working with ever since. And I started working with them for Louder Than a Bomb. And that was in 2014. Oh, with Kevin Koval. Yeah, hey. Kevin Koval um, and all the homies over there. That's like my family. And I just kept working with them. And word started to like spread around campus at Columbia that I was DJing. Some different organizations were like, hey, we're having this. Come DJ. We'll pay you. Like, yeah, let's do this shit. And then people would be like, I'm graduating. Come do my party. And I didn't have any equipment at first, so I had to just, like, save up and invest into everything, bought speakers and a DJ board, and I was just out here. But the relationship with YCA grew to the point that I'm now their official DJ for Louder Than a Bomb. So I DJ most of the bouts and finals every year now. Um, I worked with uh, Northwestern University for three years. And did all their men's football and basketball games. Are you serious? When they were at home, yeah. That's dope. This like, is my all first my year was... not doing their football games. So, uh, Was that by choice or like they went in a different direction? It was both. Okay. It wasn't paying that much and it's a very far drive. But it was a very that. amazing experience and I'm very thankful for it. And I'm still keeping my relationship with them. Um, but now they're going to use some DJ from Power 92.3 because that's like a new connection, which is, you know, it's cool. You know, I'll still be... I'm still out here. You know what I'm saying? You eating. You fine. You know? (laughs) God, that's when you hit it with. God is good and I'm blessed. (laughs) Right? But I'm very thankful for that opportunity. And, um, you know, if I get the chance to go back and do more games, then I will for sure go. And that's something that you even pointed out, which I, I, please, mentor, get someone. Like, you, it wasn't that you were treating the class as a fuck-off class, but you were just like, I'm just trying to keep the bag. Like, this scholarship, I'm not letting this go. And then you turned around and actually met someone who was, like, pouring into you. And that's why it's so important to continue to do that, especially, like, 
with whenever we see someone that might be lesser than or have lesser, not even lesser than, but just like if you see the talent or the interest, like cultivate that, right. you know? Because now look at you, like yeah. you have made a career out of something you love that just because someone also is like, no, you should really take this. Yeah. So shout out to your moms and DJ INC. Yes, you know? shout out to both of them. Um, um, so yeah, I went through with Columbia. I studied, I majored in radio, minored in television. Uh, I learned along the way that animation is not for me. Mm-mm. I respect, I have so much more respect for all the animators in the world. Because just for me to even make a rock fall down a hill, nah. That rock, uh-uh. It didn't even touch the ground hours. the whole way. <laughs> like, I couldn't even make it touch the ground. It was just floating right above the grass. <laughs> and I gave like, up. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just leave it here. Right. And the teacher was like, he was like, you're really struggling with this. I'm like, no shit. Right. No. Give me my C no and shit. let me go. Okay. <laughs> he, gave me, he gave me a B. Really? Oh, he knew. I he knew. Sure he was getting a C. I he was like, sure. this black child is Man, tired. I was struggling. <laughs> I was like, look, dude, I'm really trying this, but like, it ain't happening. But my audio on every project was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the audio was the best part of all you my You won't pieces. hear the boulder hitting the ground, but, but that hovering is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I had the little spaceship sound and everything for you to know because I couldn't make it touch. <laughs> I was like, well, I got to add something to supplement it. Exactly. He was um, like, I'll give you, like, effort. Five. Yeah, it definitely got effort points. So here's the thing. Like, with you having... What you just described sound like a full time ass career, but oh no, because Miss Overachiever over Overachiever. here also <laughs> is a producer for WGM Radio. Yeah. So, how do you bal like truly? How do you balance having two equally demanding careers without it being too stressful? Or like, what are some outlets for you? Because let's keep it real. The second that one job starts to think like. Well, you know, we just want to make sure that you're focused. Yeah. And that, you know, you know the the code words that are coming that you're dedicated. So, yeah. how do you like have the balance? Um, I love both jobs. Um, I I don't know. I, when I graduated, I was so like worried. I was like, I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do. I've been applying to jobs. Nobody's contacted me back. And Kevin Cole will pull me in his office. It was like two weeks after graduation, and he was like, "What'd you study?" What is your degree in? What do you want to do? And I was like, all right, it's very straight to the point. And I told him, and he called up three people. He called up someone from Vocalo, someone from WGCI, and then my boss's boss over at WGN. He called, like, the station manager, like, top honcho. Work. And he called him, and he was like, hey, one of my students just graduated. She's really good. Been with me for four years now. Do you have any openings? And it just so happened they had just posted a job opening for a part-time producer. And my boss's boss, his name is Todd Manley, he was like, you know, send her, have her send me her resume. I'll meet with her. Sent the resume, met with him like a week later. And he, he like he knew that I was DJing. And I, you know, let him know from jump, like, you know, I, I really want this, but I still want to keep my DJing thing going. And he was like, we'll work with you. He was like, I'm going to, you know, pass this down to the hiring manager but we will work with you. He was like, I don't want to take you away from your DJing because you've been in it for so long, but I would like to see you work here as well. We will find a way to work it out. And I got hired exactly one month after graduation. Um, Come through is, Christ. Right, you which is be unheard like, of. Because yes, it is. Because my entire college career, people just kept saying to me, like, 
you're going to have to move and go to a smaller city and then come back to Chicago. You'll never get hired in Chicago. It's too large of a market. Everyone says, I've worked at NBC and I hated that shit. I'm like, you can get, if you network and know right. your shit you can and do God, it. you'll be fine. You can do it. But I started laughing in people's faces. Like there were like major radio personalities and they would say that to me and I'd laugh. And they'd be like, what? Like just because you so spent funny? four years in Urbana is right. not going to be my And I testimony. told them, I was like, I respect your advice, but... That's not me. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving Chicago. I will find a way to stay here. And when I did it, one of them emailed me, and he was like, hey, I just saw you got hired at WGN. You uh, you were right. I apologize. I'm like, no, nah, it's cool. But it's like, if you're going to go into a class full of college students trying to get in this field, don't tell them, hey, I know you really want to stay in this city. Not going to happen. Like, that's not what we want to hear when we're spending 20000 a year to be in this school. And now I got to figure out relocation money? Right. <laughs> like, nah, like, nigga, we going to figure right. this out right here. Yeah, that's what we going to do. Um, but with, working with WGN, my boss is super dope. Um, she's a woman. She's a white woman. Her name is Stephanie Menendez. And she is so cool. Like, she is probably one of the best bosses I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I can text her at any time and be like, hey, I just got booked for this gig. Can someone cover my shift? She's like, yeah, go for it. You're good. And she won't even have the replacement yet, but she'll know she'll find somebody for me. Right. And it's just that type of relationship that I truly appreciate. And I don't think I would find that anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I already know I wouldn't find that anywhere else. Um, But I am part-time, so I typically work like Thursday nights, early Sunday mornings. Every Sunday I'm there at 5 a.m. Faithfully. And then if I DJ a gig like late Saturday night, I just have to sleep at my job and then wake up there, shower there, work, go home, and do whatever else. But you know what? That's effort and that's hustle and that's something that'll be rewarded. Yeah. A lot everyone wants like the accolades and oh yeah, man, you know I'm the the DJ for this set and I'm right. the DJ for this sports arena and that. But I'm just like it's work and effort that goes into that. Yeah. And as ratchet as my ass is, I truly believe it. If you faithful in what is little or if you can't be faithful in what's little, you won't be faithful in what's big. Right. You know, it's it's facts. Right. Like it's those little things that's what build up. So yeah. Fine, whatever. Splay your little hundred million by Paco Rome and keep moving. Because I'm like, at the end of the day, it's going it's paying off actively yeah. for you. Yeah, it pays off. And I feel like they definitely see the hustle, and they know that I'm making my efforts to, like, keep both balanced pretty well. Um, they ain't coming in and sleeping on nobody's couch. <laughs> they're not. They're exactly. definitely not. My bosses are not sleeping on anybody's couches. Um, but they, they know that, and they respect that, um, you know, and uh, they they definitely know that, you know, I do what I have to do when I get the job done, and I do it to its full extent. Exactly. Um, I come in. I do my work. I finish everything there. I leave and go home. Like, my thing is, when I leave out that door, I'm not taking any of my work with me. And that's a major part as to how I'm able to keep everything balanced. Because the moment that I leave those doors, I make sure that, you know, I cut the audio. I posted the podcast post and the blog post. Everything is set and done. And if it's not, I can do it on my phone and the click of a button. And whatever I didn't upload yet, it's going to upload remotely. Mm-hmm. So that way, when I go home and I have a gig to get ready for, I can focus on that gig. If I have a wedding playlist put together, I'm only focused on that. I'm not focused on that. Still trying to cut audio, writing up a blog post. Remember what they talked about? Like, I keep everything very, very centered. And I try to keep myself centered in what I do as well. And you have to be organized, too. Which clearly... Well, I mean, my organization... No, right. no, I mean, it's like, okay. you, I'm not tired. Look, I don't care if your office looks like pig pen, just had like a field day in it. But what I mean I is the sense of like, 
you have to still keep to keep everything in its own track. You have yeah. to be organized. Okay, I could bullshit up until this point. Get it done. Yeah, I'm a and major procrastinator. Like, I was at a wedding last night. I put the playlist together, the last of the playlist, like two hours before I got to the venue. Don't tell the bride that. No, I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> like, she was me. She was like, it was great. You did such a great time. I'm like, thanks. Got you. Appreciate you. So just pivoting slightly, I know I said earlier that we met um, at Trap House Chicago, and there was one point of the open mic series. Oh. No, no. Hold on. <laughs> I am not saying this to be shady. Oh. Like, I truly, number one, what I really appreciated was the fact that you, Sean, and, the, oh, what was that girl? She was so Rosita? pretty. Head on, yeah. Huh? Rosita. Rosita, right. That every. I love how Sean and Rosita came back like, wait, what happened? Right. <laughs> and Sean like, like, I'll just be here for the rest of the <laughs> night. But um, what I appreciated was that you all turned that into a teachable lesson instead of like just trying to shit on the young man and be like, fuck you, go right. home, you know. But to everyone else, he was like, girl, what the hell are you talking about? The young man had um, a line in his song in which he used – uh, a word that should only be resigned, not right. for LGBTQ allies, but if you ain't gay, don't betray, use it. It's yeah. not your word. And so he he said it repeatedly. And the fucking thing is, in the chorus, that's the, in when the I chorus. realized it was the chorus. I remember it felt like this horrible like loop that was coming back. I remember squeezing my cousins. I was like, oh no, it's he's gonna say it. <laughs> it's coming. I really. I literally like had my head on just like, oh God, he's about to do it again. No. Man. It was like the most cringeworthy thing. And I'm surprised you didn't cut out the sound. But it was so hard not to. You were standing like, there looking like, really, nigga? Like, do I have to like The do problem this? was he sent me two tracks and I asked him, which one are you doing? And he picked that one and I said, Are you sure? He said, Yeah, I'll do that one. I'm feeling it tonight. Like, okay. <laughs> Mind you, he is saying that. To me, to my face, knowing the lyrics of this song. If you know the lyrics and you know that I'm standing here, this is not the song you should do in front of me. Not only ever. that, let's keep it real, young man. <laughs> you, you shouldn't do it ever. He wasn't there. Go. It wasn't like you can even make this case. Well, I didn't want to assume what you're saying. <laughs> what you're saying. Shut up. You know goddamn right. well. You know. That she is a I'm obvious. What are you talking about? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. It's clear. <laughs> that is so clear. <laughs> That's what I was like. He can't even, even use Stevie that Even Stevie Wonder line. would know. Like, Helen nah. Keller together. Everybody like, would know. Like, nah, buddy. That. So, yeah. Um, what I really loved in that moment is how you waited until afterward, which I know probably was a moment of like, I could snatch this little heathen up right now. <laughs> but you waited until afterward, and then you, you know, explained why that wasn't an okay thing to right. do. To which some little heifer in the audience was just like, it's freedom of speech. I'm like, okay, so no, let a white not. person call you a nigga. Right. It'd be a whole other thing. And then it's, it's going to be smoking the city. Right. So I'm like, understanding and respecting those boundaries for different marginalized yeah. groups really needs to happen. Yeah. The word, you, the, oh, I just want to give this to the audience. The oh, word yeah, that true. we're talking about that is the word. That she can say. <laughs> that, I, that I can say is dyke. Right. I don't, I don't even like the word. Like, I don't even feel like it, like I should be able to say the word because I don't see myself as a dyke. I feel like a dyke is like a whole nother branch of like being a lesbian. It definitely is like an education that I feel that our community does need to get up on yes. and stop with the, nigga, you gay. Like, shut up. Like, right. stop sounding like Riley and you fucking 45 years old. Yeah. Educate yourself. Yeah. Do you feel, though, at times, like, you are tired of, like, like you have to be the lesbian representative or, like, 
I don't feel like putting this cape on today. Right. So you're going to have to get this education from someone else. Actually, that was the first time in my career that I have ever had to call someone out. That really? was the very first time. Yeah. With all the homophobia and music. That was the very first time. Well, I, I mean. I had to do it. Gay and sorry at the same time. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, I think I think I'm very lucky, and that was my first time having to do that because with working with YCA, they have like a very strict policy where it's like no homophobic, no transphobic, no gender bias, um, you know, no derogatory language allowed, period, in any of their spaces, and they make very safe spaces. And I think growing up in that, and then watching the teaching artists around me. You know, if, if a student came up and, you know, said a phrase that was inappropriate or a word that was inappropriate, like seeing how they would address it and how they would turn into a teaching moment is what helped me when I was at Trap House. And um, I'm just I'm super glad that I've never had to do it. Um, I mean, Did I've had to like talking to him afterward. No. And that was the whole thing. So when he was done with his song, I tried to call him back to my like DJ table. To tell him in his ear, because I didn't want it to be like an open discussion for everyone. I wanted to just be like to me to him on a personal note. Right. And he just walked away too fast. And the girl in the front, she was in the very front row, and I, her name is like, it's just missing my head right now. She said out loud first, she was like, yeah, it was cool, but I ain't, I ain't rocking with the dyke word in it. But she didn't say dyke. She's like, I'm not rocking with that one phrase you used for your chorus. And when she said that, I was like, all right, tag me in, Coach. Right. Let's go. Beat me like, up, Scotty. I'm let's ready. Do it. <laughs> like, so after she said it, that's when I started speaking up about it. I'm like, no, nah, that's real. Like, he shouldn't have used that phrase. And I didn't realize it was in his chorus until he said it two or three times later on in the song. Until we heard the repeated lyrics. Yeah. I thought it was just like his opening line. And that's why I let it slide at first. And then when he did it the second time, I looked at the song length and he only had 30 seconds left. And I'm like, all right, you can't possibly hit this again in 30 seconds. And he proved me wrong. Oh, you can. Like, Have you heard these oh, songs? Man. These songs are like two minutes, 38 seconds man, now. I thought he was <laughs> like, going to say it one more time and hit like one more quick little 16. But he took me on a different turn. Um, but yeah, like when I when I was speaking, I wasn't doing it to like make belittle. him feel bad and, right. belittle, and belittle him. Because I, I did notice that he left right after it. His and I, I was sitting right behind him, and I don't know if my cousin know, but his head was so far in that phone. I'm like, oh damn! I'm like, he's not even listening. Like, part of it, he wasn't even listening, and another part of it, he felt so ashamed. And it's like, it's not to make you feel ashamed, but it's to you know let you know that you like you saying it in this space, we can properly like address it and talk to you. But if you go to like a different space, it may not be as loving. Do that shit, and you don't know what type of backlash you may get. For saying that type of phrase, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, when the older people in the back were like, it's freedom of speech, ain't mean no harm. It's like, nah, that is harm. Like, if a white person came in here and said nigga in their poem, every single one of y'all would hop up and tell them no. Tell so them. why they is beat it, his ass on 79th. Right. The fuck? So like, why is it that you allow for, that you want white people gender. to know what their words are and aren't, but when... A person in the black community says a phrase that is not for them because they're straight. It's okay because they're in a room full of black people. Like, no, fuck that. And that's precisely what lack of knowledge or just, you know, ignorance, but also just the thing of like, we do not have this homogenous, you know, um, we have an entitlement, I feel at times to like suffering and pain because it's like, 
no, we go through as black people. We go through hell yeah. as black people. I, I'm not about to sit here and even go through all the ways, but that is very apparent in this world, not even just within this country. But that still does not mean then that you get to turn around and shit on someone else. Right. Especially of your own community. It's yeah. not loving. It's not uplifting. And it doesn't unify us. Yeah. You know? So kudos to you for just, you know, not checking him, but for, you know, not only speaking your truth and just, you know, putting everyone on notice in the sense of, like, this is not something that needs to be happening. You right. know? So just in terms of that, with you being very open um how do you find has that at times limited doors for you has it like open doors for you or are you just like i don't give a fuck you gonna get these mm. ones and twos if it ever limited a door i didn't pay attention to that door okay um i don't know my mom um my mom like raised my family to where like she had friends that were um you know very open with their sexuality whether they mm. were bisexual um, you know, two of her best friends actually do drag. And when Ooh. I was younger growing up, like I would see them one day and they'd um they'd be, you know, dressed normally and then the next day I'd see them in drag. They'd be like, Oh hey, that's just so and so. Like it wouldn't it didn't change okay, anything right. for me. It didn't phase me at all. Um yeah, no, growing up I came out when I was in high school and I lost friends my freshman year when I came out because they were like, Oh, you're gay, I can't be friends with you. Or they wouldn't even say, it. they would just like stop fucking with me. And the very first time it happened, it kind of hurt. But then, like, maybe a week later, I was like, fuck you. Like, why do you care who I'm sleeping with? Like, nothing, I'm like, nothing changed from Monday to Tuesday. I haven't even figured that out fully yet. All I know is that whenever, this is where I want to (laughs) be. Like, the fuck? And my whole thing was, I I started looking at it as if you can be cool with me on Monday but on Wednesday, because I came out on Tuesday, Wednesday, now we can't be friends all because I'm gay. That's the only thing that changed. Like, that's your fucking issue. I didn't slap your mama. Right. I didn't, steal I didn't fight you. you. I didn't steal your test scores. Like, I did nothing but just be me. And you can't be cool with it? Then fuck off. Um, and that was it. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I go around flaunting that I'm gay. It's kind of just like, there. Are, like, hey, uh... It's popping, DJ Cash the hair. Let's do this shit. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't feel like any doors have been closed because of it. If anything, I feel like I help boost up the diversity point these p- places need to reach. You know, because you want to have oh yes, women, I love the diversity carpet. I love diversity shit. I feel like I just help them reach the diversity because I hit, I help you hit three points in one at one shot. You know, I feel like Look we need a president with our that multi- does the same shit multi-layered she's so diverse right we care so <laughs> yeah no nah, i feel like i don't feel like it's like shut any doors i don't feel like it's boosted any doors to open for me um gotcha i just yeah no if i can't find a door i'll build one hello so last yeah. but not least i've got to just figure out um when it comes down to where you see yourself in your career where you want to be mm. Are we like trying to go into like a Missy Misdemeanor, you know, branch off? Do you want to be like Ava DuVernay and that? Or like, right. are you trying to be the next Quincy Jones, the next, you know, who was it? Sam Ash and Sam, you know, like, yeah. who, where do you see yourself going? Oh, man. Um, I have no idea. I feel like. That's a real. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I always joke with my friends because they be like, you ready? I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to just wing it. 
but I've just been like winging it this entire time, and it's been working though. Like me winging it is just it's just been happening, and it's been working in my favor. Um, I feel like my my end goal is to just be the best possible. Like I have two younger siblings, um, so I feel like. I mean, my sister may not look up to me much, but she's just, she a little bougie heifer. Um, but I feel like my little brother looks up to me. And I know that, like, my mom didn't get to graduate high school because she had to drop out when my grandpa had a serious um, a serious car accident. And it's kind of like, I'm doing this for me and her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, that woman means the world to me. And for her to even see me graduate high school, let alone go to college and finish in four years, like, that was everything for her to see. And she is, like, my number one supporter. I could be telling her, like, I'm going to DJ for two hours in somebody's backyard. And she would promote it. Like, she's, like, my ride or die. So and you need that. Yeah. I, my end result is to just leave a legacy behind that shows that, you know, like, someone in my family did something different. Like, one of us changed the world you or just changed one person, you know? And that's my whole thing. Like, if no, if I do a set and only one person dances and I see one person smile, I change that one person's life in that moment. And that, I don't, like, I don't even know what effect that could have on the world, but it's a ripple right. by default. Um, and that, that means everything to me. I don't want to be DJing forever, though. I feel like I'll probably stop. When I'm like 40, 45, I'm trying to be somebody's grandma in the club DJing. That's kind of weird. Right. Um, DJ Cash. Yeah. I shouldn't be no grandma in the club. Um, no, I feel like I'll always DJ, but mm-hmm. probably not like publicly when I hit a certain age. It's kind of like in the basement or like family parties and stuff. But you still want to be involved in like I still want to be in the, in the music and stuff. Yeah, because I just, impact. I love the artists. Yeah. Um, and with radio, um, I feel like I keep them separate for right now. And it's so, so difficult keeping like my two favorite worlds like separate because they don't mesh very well Mm-mm. um i want to move into television so i want to start uh television production and like video editing and video production oh snap um yeah i don't know so your write. rock will finally hit the ground yeah <laughs> okay. yeah gotcha. it'll it's <laughs> it'll it'll hit it'll hit down there sometime like, i'm not gonna do it but I i'm will have not gonna team. edit it that will do it. Exactly. <laughs> like, Somebody will make that rock touch because it definitely ain't me. He's in there going like, so I'm going to lunch, y'all. Uh, <laughs> let me let know me when you know, got it. Right. You, you want a six-piece? Okay, it ain't cool. me. That's it. But so, no. Yeah. When I say I have thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed you, you Same. gave great energy. Thank you. When I'm, I'm like, yes. I Let me know. Well, I'll definitely keep in touch. But I'm like, if there's sure. anyone I can support or different sets and everything. Got I'll you. definitely follow through. Let's do it. And then turn up for your birthday, bitch. Thank you. Thank no. you. Thank you. Um, so, yes, everybody, this is DJ Cash Air with Joy Has Questions, and I'll be finishing up with my motivational message for the week. So, this is my motivational message for the week. Get down, little mama. Jasmine literally just went, what? <laughs> no, and I, I totally... That used to be one of my favorite juke, like, sock hop songs. Like, get down, little mama, get down. But that's the thing. It just hypes me up. It gets me so happy. Because at the end of the day, when you out here grinding and hustling and getting it together and trying your damnedest, like, yes, get down, little mama. So even if you a fellow, get down, little papa. I don't care what you got to say. But the point is, keep hustling, keep striving for greatness, keep making sure you're making valuable 
good connections and you will see those blessings come pouring in. You have got to keep investing in yourself, y'all. Like, that's the only way. So that is super short and sweet for this week. Um, Also, I have got to continue to promote the Spades Brunch with the Jupiter Network. I am doing my first ever live podcast with my babe Tiffany. Oh, cannot wait. It's going to be so dope, so amazing, so fun, so black, so lit. I don't know, but y'all better have y'all books together. And we are just going to keep it moving in a really bomb-ass positive direction. So look forward to seeing all your lovely faces there. We'll definitely be having beats for everyone to attend. So that is it. Love you all, and I will see you next week. Bye!